Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. I've got to apologize for it being late. The holiday really <laughs> messed me up. Yeah, I forgot it was. we're here today... And honestly, we were trying to get Eric on the podcast, but he's he's speaking every single night this week and is still has meetings for um, for the national office. So we were trying to get him in, but just we couldn't get it scheduled. So that's yeah. part of the delay as well. It was it's easier to blame him. He's just well, so I'm not busy. blaming him. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, we were giving our best effort. We were giving our best effort right. to try to get him in this journey with us. So he's uh, going around, yeah. He's he was preaching to a bunch of other churches in New Hampshire because he was still in town, he's, right? He, and he's still in town, yeah. Um, I think he's coming over our house tomorrow. Oh, nice. He is, uh, he's doing Speed the Light tours with Pastor Travis. Oh, so yep, yep. I think they're in Vermont tonight talking about Speed the Light with a bunch of youth groups. Yep. Um, they'll be in Manchester tomorrow um, talking about Speed the Light with a bunch of uh, youth pastors and kids directors. Well, next gen mission. So Speed the Light and BGMC. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And so- then he's oh, here on the weekend too because he's speaking at um, a church in Maine on Sunday. Cool. Wow. So he's hanging out in New England. That's cool. Yeah. Does he, do you know, not everyone knows like the district function and all that. Does he do speed the light tours for a lot of districts? Like, is that one of the big things he'll do? He, he does? I'm, grammar. Um, it, every district kind of functions a little bit differently. Uh, but yes, he, where was he last week? Was he in Kentucky? I don't remember where he said. He's in Louisiana next week. Yeah. So they're all doing something kind of similar. Man. And then, yeah, he, he's just traveling and speaking about Speed the Light and BGMC Next Gen Missions. Uh, on, I don't know what his schedule is now, but he was uh, doing over 200, uh, traveling over 200 days a year. Man. I bet you he's still doing that. <laughs> That's more. so like... I remember us talking about like how hard it was to preach for two services where you had to say the same message and then you picture like <laughs> your main thing speaking like going to I'm going to go preach about speed the light. I would have I just would have a hard time being able to be as engaging as he is. <laughs> it's it's impressive. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the reasons why he is on that um why you receive that assignment. Right. You do end up with some giftings for your assignment. And I would say because of who he is um, and how passionate he is about this, because he was as a district youth director when he was district youth director in Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, that's why it's grown so much. So I think when he started, the National Speed of Light giving was under it was like under 9 million it was like right around 8 million I think oh okay 
So it was 15 million for 2023. Wow. I think it was 18 million or 17 and a half million for 2022. So there's a little bit of a, of a decrease there. Uh, but still, 18 million, 15 million. And that's just in speed yeah. of light. He's helped grow BGMC. For sure. Huge amounts as well. Wow. Yeah, that's, if that's where your passion is, that's awesome. And he is. I remember the first time, because how long has he been doing it now? For? I think he, I think he started maybe in 2018. He started in that role, 2017, 2018. Got you. Because I, I, I feel like I remember hearing him preach like early on into the role and it was like, he's, he's got passion. <laughs> he's got a lot yeah. of passion for this. Not, and not in a, not in like a, well, calm down, dude. Just like, wow, this is, this is his thing. This is what he's shooting for. Yep. It was cool. And same for his wife as well, because she's worked for BGMC. She's worked for World Serve. Yeah. Um, so they're both in that missions That's so cool. realm. That's so cool. So we got uh, we got some pretty awesome news from him when he came to visit uh, when oh, he, yeah. he announced the church. How, how uh, what was your reaction when you found that out? Because you didn't find out until Sunday either, right? Yeah, he told me he told me Sunday morning. Um, it is one of those dreams that you never thought would happen. Yeah. So. I grew up, again, I grew up in this district, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine. And I think there's a subconscious, it'll never happen here. Yes, absolutely. Um, culture absolutely. that I had, that I had. So when I was a teenager and we were given the speed of light, we'd make a goal of giving $1,000 in a year and it would feel like a million dollars. And sometimes we would hit it. Most of the time we wouldn't. And it just felt impossible to do a thousand bucks a year. Yeah. Um, and that's how it was. Um, when I became district youth director, which is Travis's role now, that was 2016. The first event I went to, there was a church from Southern New England that was in the top 20. And all of a sudden my, like, my eyes were opened. It was like this revelation epiphany moment. Whoa, that church is just an hour south of the Dover church. Yeah. <laughs> if they could do it, I bet you we could do it one day. And, the, and that's kind of always been in the back of my mind. Um, maybe we could do that one day. Maybe we yeah. could do that one day. And... I just can't even believe, not, you know, not only did we break the tw top 20, but we were a thousand bucks away from the top 10 is what I was told. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which again, and, I had told you, I, I hate finding out that information after, <laughs> like after the fact, come on, <laughs> we could have gotten a thousand dollars. Well, then he, it would have turned into a bidding war, right? Because then other church <laughs> right. found out. Yeah. Yes, but, um, sounds like just the thing he would want. But top 11, there's that. I mean, that's not, not being number 10 or being number 11 is no difference to me. It is <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. It is unbelievable. And for it to happen in Northern New England, in one of our churches, um, 
it's it just, again, like the idea of that could never happen here. And, and co- let's connect to the sermon expectation. 2016, all of a sudden, my expectation was awakened. Yeah. Wait a minute. If Calvary Church in Linfield can do it, maybe we can do it. Yeah. And then it was my prayer, my dream. I, I want to do that one day. I want to do that one day. I want our youth group to do that one day. And, the, and I tell you what, if I never had that expectation, if I never had that God moment in 2016 yeah. in Missouri, um, it never would have happened. Yeah, But absolutely. expectation leads to the miracle and, and expectation leads to progress and expectation leads to accomplishment. And if you never expect it, then you'll, you'll never chase it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you were... You were stuck in that mindset, which led you to not move forward at all in it. Like, well, it's never yeah. going to happen. Why should I even do anything? Because it's not going to. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I'm just going to put all this effort to disappoint myself. And uh, or you wouldn't even put in effort because <laughs> it would be like me saying, um, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to build a a rocket ship in my backyard." Right, you would. Why right. would you have that expectation that you're going to be able to do that? There's no way you can right, do that. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, so it, it felt like that. Like, yeah. And then even if you were to talk about it, um, I th- uh, one day a church in our district is going to be in the top twenty, and everyone would be like, "There goes that crazy rocket ship guy." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So we were in the we were top ten in BGMC one year on accident. I didn't even know that was possible. We and were now we were that on accident. Yeah. Um, what year was it? It was the year we Rachel Mullins and the kids' churches oh, in Honduras yeah, was yeah, our yeah. project, and we didn't. I I I just think we were given to Rachel. We had no idea it was gonna like count as BGMC even register. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So. That that was amazing, and now to to do it at speed of light is, I don't know, it's just just shocking. Yeah, and you know, one of one of the thoughts, and I want to just to correct myself on this, but Eric's like, hey, if you want to make top one, the top the top giving youth group was five hundred thousand dollars this year, and I think immediately we go. Yeah, we could never do that. <laughs> right. We're not even going to try to get to top one. <laughs> and But that was your mindset about the top 20. That was my know, that was my mindset about ago. giving a th- that was my mindset about giving $1000 in a year. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, cut that we need to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, but, God's able to do it if we'll place ourselves in that position. Yeah. Yeah, which I think, probably connects to Unwavering, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that that ties in well, even with the uh, <clears throat> the the Mark Batterson quote that he talked through. That uh, you'll find God in the uncomfortable places at inconvenient times. Like giving that much is going to like having that as a culture. That that's not just talking about it. That's that's us being a part of it and us giving and being uncomfortable with the giving we're give we're putting forward and. Uh, you know, we're, we're never going to reach that if it's just like, yeah, God, someday, you know. Uh, I just think yeah. it's, it, it's that whole like 
so, someday, someday I'll give a million dollars to the church, but then not moving forward in, in the small, uncomfortable ways where, where God wants to see you move. Right. Which I feel like I might've said on the podcast before. I apologize. Listeners. For repeating, no, just keep repeating your material. I mean, <laughs> that's, honestly, that's what Mark Batterson does. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. You could do anything hard for a day. Uh, oh yeah, he does always preach about inconvenience and uncomfortable. I guess if it's he good, has his quotes good, good. that he's repeats almost every Sunday. Yeah, since I started listening to him. Um. And and a bunch of them I, I repeat, so I mean it's working, right? It Work may like s- it depends on you. Pray like it depends on God. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I remember we saw him. We saw him speak somewhere, and then we watched a like video conference, and it took me twenty minutes to decide this is a different sermon. <laughs> like it took so yeah. long to be like, but he's saying the things, but his points are different, but he's still saying yeah. all the, th- like, anyway, tangent on that. Um, yeah. What, what, so he went through the unwavering. Yes. Which was still part of the expectation series. Right. I, I was supposed to play the sermon bumper. Well, yes. <laughs> I hope so. Yes. We told him, according we told to him- YouTube, it's still part of the series. It, it still, I mean, that's what we told them. So, <laughs> okay. Um, I did, I did like it a lot though. And I think uh, it, it was cool to hear from someone who really did give up quite a bit of, of their freedom to do what God has called them to do. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's not the type of guy, like just sitting at home collecting a paycheck for nothing. He, he's, he's working so hard just to get other people money uh, and just to raise funds for other people. And so it was was cool to have someone with such an authority on that idea come and speak. Um, And it just always makes me think through like hearing Christian persecution every time, like you've brought up uh, what's the, What's the tortured the, for Christ? Tortured for that Christ, book? like yeah, books, books like that. Or there's another one that's is it a magazine or Voice of the Martyrs? Voice of the it's Martyrs. Those it just always puts into such a perspective, like how different it is here in America to follow Jesus. And and I I get it. A lot of those stories are from a long time ago as well, but some aren't. Um. But to hear the persecution like that, like it's always funny how it still feels like here in America, people are a lot less likely to say yes to what God has called them to do, even though the the persecution level is is so different. Like I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Like we're not getting imprisoned right now for following Jesus. Um and yet there's still a lot of people who have a hard time following God's call. Like, why do you think, why do you think we have that? Or is that just, that's a, a battle everyone has everywhere. Maybe I'm just putting well, the woes on America. I think there are people getting in prison for following Jesus. Um, but I think we turn a blind eye and mm. we, um, 
Um, I think we say it's their fault. I don't think we're sympathetic toward it. So yeah. um, one of my friends was put in prison in Canada during COVID for continuing to have church services. Oh, really? So he was, ar- he was arrested like in the church parking lot. Wow. And I think the narrative, the, the one part of the narrative from Christians is, well, what an idiot. He should, should have listened and not had service. Right. And then the other part of it is, wait a minute, why is the government allowed to tell us we can't have worship service? Right. Uh, and, and so I think that happens. And, and because of culture's narrative, um, we are probably more influenced than we realize it. So if someone loses their job because they speak out against um, like um, allowing eight-year-olds to have transition surgery, then maybe there's quite a bit of people who would say, who would be, people who call themselves Christians who would be against that Christian as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I think they can't arrest us, but they can cancel us. And that's their main weapon right now. Yeah. So say anything, you're going to lose your doctor job. Say anything, you're going to lose your scientist job. Say anything, you're going to lose your YouTube monetization. Say anything, and you'll, um, the school board will fire you. Say anything, and so that's how, yeah, sure, they can't imprison us, but they can put you within a prison. Right. And, and so that's happening, and it's creeping in. And I don't think maybe we realize the pressure that's on us. We could be oblivious. We could be because it doesn't affect us. It doesn't really happen. Um, but, you know, that's why voting is important and who you vote for is important. Yeah. Um, there are people who are politicians who say what needs to be said to get a vote, but they are very anti-gospel, right. anti-us who believe the Bible, who won't allow the Bible to be manipulated or bought out. They are against us, and you don't want to vote those people into office. Um, but then, so we don't know what's happening, we're ignorant to, to what's happening, or we're so afraid of that pressure ourselves that, yeah, that we've succumbed to it. We've, yeah. we've given it. it. It's interesting because it's, as you're talking, you make, you make me think through like, uh, because it's a subtle pressure, it's almost more, um, uh, it almost has more power because you don't notice, right? Like when someone comes at you with a harsh opposition, uh, it's easy to be like, what? No, not doing that. You know what I mean? Like it, when it's a an abrupt, it's why when you're getting braces to fix your teeth, it's a subtle, slow move to get those teeth to be where we want. Because if we were just to go in there with a pair of pliers, we'd break the teeth off. And so we have this slow pressure that moves us towards wherever you know, our culture wants right. to take us and, and we have to slowly like figure out where am I getting pushed right now? Um, 
So and they try to get you to compromise <laughs> one little belief at a time. Right. So what was the one? I don't know when this started, but um, um, this idea of you have a private faith. So yeah. don't share. Everybody keep your faith should be private. Your faith is between you and God. And so we, how many of us have adopted that? And yeah. So yeah, we don't talk. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk. Well, listen, people are talking about politics all the time. <laughs> right. Um, well, don't be a Bible. Th- don't don't preach it, people. Don't. Well, how can men be saved but by the preaching of the Word of God? Yeah. So it's this subtle thing that shut us up or shut up a portion of us. Um, and it's like trickled in all kinds of places. Yeah, absolutely. And and so right back, back to unwavering, yes. You know, he's smuggling Bibles and he gets arrested. He gets beaten. He And, and there would be people who wouldn't be sympathetic to that. They would be like, well, yeah, he's broke the law. Which right. is why we shouldn't be forcing our, we shouldn't be colonizing and forcing our Bible on this culture and this other culture. Right. Um. Yeah, and and again, like coming back to what we're talking about before, one of the questions in the that we talked about at youth group last night is how can comfort keep us from following the call of God? Yeah. And we worship comfort. Yeah. Well, I don't want to lose my paycheck. I don't want to lose my my sponsors. I don't want to lose. And so we just live protecting our own comfort instead Mm. of doing what God calls us to do. Right. What if God calls you to sell, to give away your entire house to kingdom builders? Right. I don't think that's impossible. I. I think right. th- that'll happen one day. Yeah, to give to give your car to sell your car and uh, to to cancel your internet for a year. Like who knows what is? And I'm like, oh, I couldn't do that. Right, cancel all your streaming subscriptions. Well, what do I do without fifteen streaming subscriptions? <laughs> How could I ever? Lord, what, what you would ask I do is too night? much. You're asking too much. <laughs> and no, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I get you. So here's another Mark Batterson quote, which I'm pretty sure he's quoting someone else. But our job as pastors is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Oh yeah, we need to. We as Christians should never be comfortable. Now that doesn't mean that we can't ever enjoy anything because we talk about Sabbath and Sabbath delight. And, yeah. and we, we think if we're going to really practice the Sabbath, we should be miserable, which is not true. God wants us to delight in him. He wants us to enjoy our life. He wants to have life to the overflow. And he wants us to have immediate obedience and unwavering yeses. Mm. God, I'll pursue you more than comfort. Thank you for everything you've given for me. So as I sit in my kitchen right now, God, I thank you for this cup of hot coffee, which is um, from Tanzania. I thank you for my wood stove that's keeping the house warm. I thank you for my comfortable shoes I have on my feet. Um, And 
If you tell me to, and you tell my wife to, we're gone. We will we'll sell, we'll move, we'll give, whatever you, whatever you want. Yeah. And that's that open-handed living that we talk about so often. Yeah. That we've got to be willing to do. And I think there's a difference too because maybe our our need for control or for comfort might feel like this but there i think there is a difference between being uncomfortable or sacrificing your comfort um and being like anxious being at a place where you're like i must be doing this for god cuz i'm going to have a mental breakdown any second <laughs> like that cuz sometimes that's like the imagery that gets placed on like is that how i'm supposed to be living for God right now, like stressed. Um, no, but I, th- I think, yeah, there, there's a difference in it. And so it's not like, um, I mean, I mean, granted you're going to have nervousness if it's calling to something that is out of your comfort zone. But if we have, if we have faith that God's calling us to it, it's uncomfortable, but we should work on not having anxiety in it. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to keep think, turning away um, the cough. I think as we I don't know I think it's like a deep river you know sometimes there's white water rapids but usually white water rapids is showing it's a shallow river Mm. but if the river is deep it can be moving just as fast, but it looks calm. And, and I don't know if you've ever done that where you put your foot in a river and you take a step and your foot like moves a foot over and you're like, oh my word, <laughs> yeah, a yeah. strong current. Yeah. Um, I think if there's a lot of turmoil in our mind, if we're frantic in our activity, like frantic, then we're probably showing that we're not, we don't have as deep a spiritual life as we need to. Oh man. I remember That's good. when I worked at the, you write that I remember down. When I, worked at, <laughs> I remember when I worked at the Portsmouth hospital as a teenager and one of my friends started working with me and he was so slow. Um, and so he always got put on the pots and pans. And so it was a separate room and you'd have to wash them and sanitize them. And he was so slow. And I used to like be on him, like, come on, hurry up, hurry up. Because I couldn't, I, I wasn't going to just leave my friend there. And so we get out at seven and we're leaving at 745. That's kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, so he would try to go fast. And I remember telling him, go fast, not crazy. And I'd say it to him all the time. We're like both 17 year olds. I'm like, go fast, not crazy. Because he'd start rushing and then Break he'd stuff, slip right? on the... Yeah, he would slip on the floor <laughs> and fall down and hurt his wrist. That yeah, happened yeah. one time. We, you know, they had the sanitizing water, which was who knows how many hundred degrees. It was like 200 degrees or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he would, one time, because he's trying to go fast, he puts his hand in the water uh, with the big rubber gloves, but he put his hand too deep. So the hot scalding water went down the rubber gloves. Oh, no. And I'm like, come on, go fast. Not crazy yeah. because frantic, frantic is not fast nor effective. Yeah. And and so you've got to, when you have the peace that passes all understanding, you can go fast, you can be afflicted, 
you can be uncomfortable, but you're not frantic and chaotic yeah. and disorganized and, um, you know, and, 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 you know, I'm not preaching to myself right here because we, we get in those places. I want to get so much done so fast, but God doesn't work at the same timetable I work at. So I've got to be able to say, hey, the sober living home's going to take, <laughs> it's going to take 20 months and still not be open. And I've got to take a big, deep breath and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust right. you and your timing. You and called all us this. to do this. So, you know. he called us to do it and it's taken forever, but we're going to just keep plugging away, keep plugging away. Yeah, um, that's good. And I have to take a big, deep breath when it doesn't happen on my timetable. Yeah, I like that. I like that that river analogy. You're saying that the chaotic, the chaos and your reaction to it, that, that might indicate kind of the, the deep level that you're, that you're on with God. If you have a shallow idea of his sovereignty or shallow idea of how he's in control, you will be freaking out, which you've, you've, right. you've helped me with that even in the past few years. Like, why are you freaking out about that right now? Is God not in control? Yeah, he is. <laughs> I don't know why I'm freaking out. <laughs> Just am. Mm. Um, but revealing. Well, yeah, what? I, what? <laughs> I've been there too. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, that's that's awesome. I liked uh, I liked to a lot of what he talked about on Sunday um, about um, that the the RT Kendall. Quote as well, God speaks, I obey, God explains, maybe. Yeah. And uh again, I think that just calls into line of like that that idea of inconvenience or dis- discomfort of not knowing all of the steps, like not knowing every way. So we know God's called us, you know, if we keep using the sober home, like we know God's called restoration to open this sober home. Um, but what we didn't have ever, God didn't give us the timeline. God didn't give us, um, but I think it was, you know, very obvious from God for, for you of like, we're going to do this thing by the book. We're going to do it exactly as the town wants us to, uh, cause we're not going to make enemies while we're doing it. And obviously that's, that's like one of the reasons that it could move a lot slower is because we're just following rules and, for sure, because we we definitely could have just opened secretly and just called it something it wasn't. Just right. say, you, you not, not put a sign in the building and just have people living in it and functioning. And we didn't want, we really didn't want to do that. Right. Um, and yeah, that's really, we didn't know it was going to take, it take four months to get a building permit. Right. We didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, because to so, them, they're not <laughs> they're not paying a mortgage or anything. They don't care how yeah, long it takes don't. to approve it. <laughs> they're getting taxes yeah. anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but either way, like we're still moving forward, and it's not like, well, you know, now it's hard. Uh, and God, you haven't explained yet when you're going to open it, so we're bailing. And I think I I, I don't know. I always work through that in my own life. Like, am I waiting for more detail that God is, is not going to give me <laughs> because that's not the point. 
you know, and I sit around and wait for it. <clears throat> and I had kind of just thinking through that point, like I had put that question in in our study guide, like uh, which is actually a question that we do in our intentional churches book, but like, what is your relationship with ambiguity? Like if, if there's any sort of ambiguity in what God asks, do you just like stare at it and like, no God, I'm going to need, I'm going to need the map. Yeah. I just came to mind of someone who used to attend our church and one of the sermons, they Felt God called him to be a missionary. Yeah. They went and told one of the pastors, hey, God's calling me to be a missionary. They went and told their wife, hey, God's calling us a missionary, and I want to sell our house, and I want to become a missionary. And obviously, the wife didn't want to sell their house that day, didn't have time to hear from God. And so their response was, yeah, I moved too fast. God called me to be a missionary. I wanted to sell my house right then. So I'm not going to be a missionary. And I'm Uh like, what? Yeah. No, 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 no. You have the call. You start taking steps toward that call. You don't say, well, I wanted to sell my house right now. And that was foolish of me. No, that was amazing. Right. Obviously, you can't sell your house right then, but you recognize, okay, I've got to start getting and preparing for this assignment that God has in my life. And so now they they're, now they don't even attend our church. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I just... Yeah, slowing down is one thing that is that is okay, but... Going too fast is not an indicator of making the wrong choice. Yeah, or disengaging. Yeah. You know, the first moment you share it with your wife and she's not excited as you are, I must have heard God wrong. No, you probably just talked to your wife wrong. (laughs) Right. Um, And you probably should give her some space to pray and you pray and fast together and you... Right. Yeah. And yeah. then you, and then, okay, this is what we're feeling. How do we get ready for that? Because you can't just move, you, you, you can't just move to another country. You've right. got to get visas. You've got to get um, funding. You got to get support. You get education. So that takes time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, but you need moving. to be ready to get rid of it right away. Yeah. I think that's, that's good too. Like those callings, those are things too that we, you know, I, I just feel like when, when people go to their family, that's always one of the harder things too, right? When you have like a call in your life and you've just had this moment with God and you don't let anyone else that it's going to affect, like have the time to process that you, you had. Uh, and I know I've done that too, being, being called to be a pastor and just like, you know, Hey, this is our new thing. Like, Hey, I want to, I want to quit all my jobs and be a pastor. Meanwhile, like God's been slowly talking to me, but I just ripped the bandaid off to the people it affects. I think that's a big step in, in answering the calls. Like you need to let the people that are around you, they, you need to let God speak to them as well. And like, let them process at least, you know, I, I think, yeah, just, just to work through it. Like, Hey, God's, God's changing everything for us tomorrow. So you got problems taking up with God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, I I don't, I don't think that would ever be the work for it. But, uh, I think if you're married, certainly it is a 
God, I need you to speak to my spouse about this as well. Yeah. Um, and, and so that that's always an important thing. That's, you know, take a little dating it, um, sidetrack here. That's why we don't uh, date or marry someone who's also not a believer. Yeah. Because how do you follow God with an unwavering yes if you have an unbelieving spouse? I think it becomes difficult. Yeah. And so if you're already married, you keep praying for that spouse. But if you're single, don't date or marry. Don't date. Don't even like someone who's not a believer. Don't yeah. even text them. Don't even flirt with them. Don't even swipe right or left or whichever one it is. <laughs> whichever way um, you swipe. The, because... Um, yeah, because an unwavering yes says, don't be an unequally yoked. Right. Okay, yes, God. Right. Starts there. Yeah. In relationships. And then, obviously, as you pursue God or follow God, you want someone who's going to be willing to do whatever crazy thing he asks your family to do. Right. I think that that advice goes into so many areas of your life, though. Because not just within who you're marrying, but if God's calling you to be a missionary, uh, you know, you're not taking out a loan to buy a boat anytime soon because right. you're going to tie yourself through it. You know, I know a lot of people that um, they want to be in ministry, you know, for, you know, so, so for me, right? I wanted to do ministry and I know I wanted to do music ministry. So I wanted to present my best foot forward for God and go to one of the best music schools that I could. And I remember like you and I talking about that and the idea of like, how much harder is it going to be for you to follow your ministry call if the, the, the debt keeps knocking at your door of that really expensive school? Uh, God has this plan for you. You know, he does. Why would you make a decision that would hinder you from saying yes? And right. so that, that just falls in with everyone. With who you marry or who you're dating, why would you make the decision that would hold you back from saying yes to God? And I think the same type of things. Why would you take that job that, yes, it pays more, but now you have to work every Sunday, but you're called to ministry or you're called to do this, whatever it may be. Um, that is holding you back from having an unwavering yes. Yep. I remember, I, and I've shared this story before, but when I was in Bible college, a girl from church uh, also wanted to go to Bible college. She finally came. She did a semester, and she's like, I can't afford to keep going. I'm praying about what to do. And then she bought a new car. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so then yeah. I didn't say anything, but I'm like, well, how in the world are you ever going to come now? And, yeah. and which she didn't. She never came back for another semester. Oh, she couldn't so afford sad. it. She had yeah. a $250 car payment and yeah. and then the ad, the extra registration, the extra insurance and the extra maintenance. And it's it's just crazy that there's a level of discomfort we're not willing to have and that discomfort is I I want but I want a Tesla god. Like <laughs> but I want I I want this nice car. I need a car payment. So can't do this. I, I need, I need to work 60 hours a week. Like, yeah, it's just so funny. The little things and you know, that uh -huh. we, that we yeah, it would be over buying a house that you can't really afford. So now you get to work on Sundays. Yeah. 
Did God want you to have that house? And, and we would say, it's, oh my word, God blessed me. I got my dream house. No, God didn't bless you. God didn't bless you. The, the, the Satan noosed you. Yeah. You're, he got you, are you in distracted. a trap. Yeah. He got you hooked because now, so he, I, I talked, I told this to, I do a circle with uh, teenage boys at youth group. And so we talked about this last night that Satan's, if he can't get you, um, addicted to porn. He can't get you addicted to drugs. He can't get you, um, to just be, you know, a murderer. He's going to, and so you're going to follow Jesus anyway. He's got two main tactics. One, he's going to try to get you busy. So too busy to do anything, too busy to come to, 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 to serve, too busy to come to church every week, too busy to be in a circle. He's going to try to get you busy. The next thing he's going to try to do, which we already talked about, is he's going to try to get you comfortable. Yeah. So he's going to try to make your life like that bed on a rainy day, on a cold rainy day, (laughs) so comfortable and so soft that you never want to leave it. And he's going to try to get your life to be so comfortable that you'll never do anything that God wants you to do. Yeah, so good. Busy and comfortable. Yep, that's a big trap. That's awesome. That's not awesome. The revelation. Of well, awesome. sir, I have to. Um, I've got a, another yeah. appointment coming up. So yeah, of course. I don't know how long we've talked. We, but it's been a good length. I was just about to ask you about a book. I was just the, about to the, ask a man about a book. The Brother Andrew book is um, God's Smuggler. I think that's the book that at least it's about that guy. I don't, I don't know if that's the exact book that Eric mentioned on Sunday. God's Smuggler, Brother God's Andrew. God's Smuggler. And that's um, a book he wrote about his journeys. I think that's probably where the quote, God, you can make the blind eye see. I pray you make the seeing eye blind. Ooh, that's cool. Probably recorded in that book. All right, we'll add that into the show notes. Yeah. And I'm pretty certain I read that one. Um, yeah, well, sure. Many, many years ago. It's uh, it's very inexpensive. This is a good book recommendation. We can afford this. It's only nine bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, thrift books. I saw last night thriftbooks.com is six dollars and fifty cents. Oh wow, sweet. Because uh, yeah. So um, water baptisms on Sunday. Yeah. Um, just want to share a few things. Um, we've got a couple teenagers from Dover. Well, I, I'll just talk about Dover because that's the one that I'm familiar with. Um, well, it, it, the people that I'm involved with are getting baptized. There's a couple teenagers getting baptized. Uh, and then my friend, um, long story short, my friend from softball, I invited a fair food Sunday. He came, he's been coming. He texted me on Christmas morning. Hey, Pastor Nate, I decided to give my life to God. He joined a freedom circle and he's getting water baptized on Sunday. So um, I'm so excited for yeah, him. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, he, uh, yeah, 28 year old. Um, him and his wife are expecting a baby this month. So cool. They got a few other kids and I think the whole softball team's coming. It's going to be. It's going to be a rowdy one in Dover. <laughs> Bethlehem's awesome. got their first two water baptisms on oh, Sunday. Oh, yeah. Um, they have two? So, 
Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that. they have two. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. Two water baptisms on Sunday. Um, I think we have a what? Do we have a water baptism in, at every location? We got one in Plymouth. And we got one in Milton. Yeah, every location's so having This it. might be, yeah, this is pro- This is the first time we've had water baptism at all four locations at the same time, which is <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it is. Crazy. That's so great. And Think that- about that, that we're water baptizing people on the same Sunday who live three hours apart from each other. Yeah, in all these different areas, so much, so much that God is doing. Like, it's so cool. We yeah. had a record-breaking Sunday last week, and I think we'll break it this week. Yeah, we probably we, will. It was a January record, all-time church record. We had five hundred and was it five hundred and twenty-one people? Five hundred and twenty. I think it was five hundred twenty-one people yeah. in service last week. I mean, not that I'm exaggerating. Five twenty or five twenty-one. Like, I want to be accurate. <laughs> I want people to think I'm right. doing pastor numbers. That should, yeah, that um, should show just how uh, transparent you are with numbers. <laughs> like, yeah, even. Uh, if you were looking at the numbers, which, sorry, you have an appointment. We're going to hang up soon. But if you look at the numbers, when we had a, that little bit of a snowstorm the previous Sunday, it just goes to show how much growth that, that God has brought to restoration. Because we were like, man, not a lot of people showed up. And then you look at the numbers over last year and we were the same attendance and the weather was fine on that Sunday last year. And so it's just like, oh, wow, our man today's dead was that's what we were seeing last year, but God's just growing and growing. It's really fun. The beginning of the year, average attendance, and then the average attendance for the year. I, I, I sent a message to the team, the core team yesterday. It was 37% growth in the church last year. Wow. 37%, which is nothing but a miracle. Yeah. So cool. Nothing but a miracle. So good. All right, I gotta go. Awesome. All right, thanks for chatting. Absolutely. Bye.